This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. And thank you guys so much for being here. I am Marco Flalo, as always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield. Thank you guys for being here for the ride. If you want to follow along with us, it is at Your Tech Report on all our social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, Instagram. All is there. If we reference anything, it's normally because we are talking about it there. Uh, one of the examples is actually on this week's show, we're going to be doing an interesting kind of segment where we talk about the Surface Duo from Microsoft, the brand new dual screen device. But we also post a video of that afterwards on YouTube that you can go check out to see the uh, behind the scenes kind of video portion of that. Great show coming up for you. We're going to talk all about the latest news of the week, which includes some great PS5 reveals. Of course, the Apple news of the week, Apple Watch and some fun gadgets over there. But we're going to take a quick break and come back with all that right after this. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. There's more your tech report after this. Welcome back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Thank you guys so much for being here. Oh, it's always fun to be talking here on the radio to you, Mitchell. Isn't it wonderful? It is. I really Aren't enjoy we fortunate? it. Kind of yeah, I do too. Fun. We are fortunate to have high paying jobs like this. <laughs> Guys, don't get hey no salary shaming today. No shaming. salary shaming today. <laughs> uh, we love being here. Thank you guys for joining us for the ride. Lots of stuff to talk about. This week has been busy in tech. Uh, lots of news from Sony, uh, whether it be on the camera side or the PlayStation side of things. Some more news from Xbox. We got the launch of Xbox Game Streaming. Uh, you know, Apple announcements. New Apple Watch. New oh, iPad. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to touch on a couple news items that just happened uh, happened sure. last week that we didn't have a chance to mention. Um, I'm a big fan of Lutron. Lutron has been putting out some great home automation products for a very long time. Of Absolutely. course, they kind of pioneered a lot of the smart home stuff because it made sense for all their switches to become smart home switches. Uh, so I've got the Cassetta line, which is great. I'm going to be equipping my house with some blind suit, which is pretty cool. Um, so we're going to do a whole kind of walkthrough of, of my smart home and, and why I made certain decisions. And one of those decisions, of course, we talked about this because we've had uh, some people on from Lutron before. We've talked about yep. how I've got you know every single switch in my house almost wired, <laughs> minus a couple of them. Um, yeah. It's fun. It's listen. It's a fun little thing to go. Quite honestly, like it, COVID is a, is a, being locked out in your home, locked into your home is a fun opportunity to play with stuff like this because you've got a little bit more extra time to kind of really figure things you out. You think? Yeah. You think? Just, yeah. Just a little things. Um, so what I wanted to mention was Lutron announced last week uh, that Lutron and Ring are joining forces, which is pretty cool. Ring, obviously, having launched the first, I think it was one of the first video doorbells. Absolutely. I we yeah. had uh, Jamie, uh, Sim Jamie, Jamie Siminoff, I think it was. Or Sim yeah, yeah. Jamie Siminoff. That's right. Exactly yeah, right. The, the, um, the founder and creator who was rejected. On uh, Shark Tank. Yeah, rejected on Shark Tank. Said, okay, screw <laughs> this. I'm going to yeah. do this for myself. Uh, <laughs> I think you made the right Amazon choice. a couple of years yep. later. Um, for billions, so, yes. Yeah, so um, very cool thing. So, the, uh, the, so, so what the, the partnership here is, and I'll, and I'll read you from the actual press release, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, smart lights controlled by Lutron, obviously by the Cassetta system, uh, can now be linked to your ring device. So whenever your ring device detects motion or the button is pressed, you can actually trigger different things in your home, which is pretty cool. This has a great, by the way, Mitchell, it's like a great yeah. side note on the uh, assistive side of things for people who are deaf, hard of hearing, doorbell right. rings, lights flash, like there's so many cool ways that you could use integrations like this. No, absolutely. But yeah, but absolutely. But, you know, the takeaway for me here as well is it also saves you a little money because previously the only way to do this was to have the ring lights and the ring camera, which which was buying more equipment to have the lights come on with motion built in. But now tying into this ecosystem, you can use the equipment that you already have and now still get those notifications, which is really cool. Really cool. Because normal, normally a lot of companies make you buy the additional stuff. Now, if you're just integrated already with these products, you will get that performance, which is really nice. It's going to be really 
cool. And it's going to be available as of September 30th. They're going to launch, I guess, a new update to their app because everything is oh, going to be quick. controlled yeah. to the app. Yeah, this was news from from last week, and we, we didn't get to it because we were a little bit enthralled by the Xbox announcement. Uh, but I wanted to talk about that because I'm big fans of Lutron, and I'm going to be doing that video down the road about the smart home. So some really cool stuff going on there, so that's pretty neat. And, you know, on the smart home side of things, uh, Apple announced a couple months ago that they're going to be partnering with Google and with um, Amazon to really kind of centralize or kind of normalize the standard around smart home te- smart home technology, which is really cool. Really cool for you, especially. And Mark, I know Mark talks about his smart home, but over the years, I won't say he shamed me into it. He sort of encouraged no, me to, to dip my toes in. Yeah, you shame me. Who am I kidding? I've dipped my toes in. I'm not nearly as as well integrated as Mark is on the smart home side, but I have gotten into it with smart locks and smart switches and smart lighting. So, but take the blinds, Mark, the blinds I want to hear about because that to me is so cool, having that automatic system that just opens and closes. I love that. So uh, yeah, little by little, I think you're going to be costing me money as well. That's fine. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, um, spend my money, yeah. Obviously, the uh, the center of attention this week was on Apple. Apple last week announced their spring, or I guess their fall media event. Not really fall, because it's not officially fall yet. I think we're all holding on to whatever grips of summer we can. I know in California, it doesn't really make much of a difference other than... Uh, <laughs> it's nice here most of the year, but yeah. Fires, Are you sure uh, it's not fall yet? Uh, it's not fall yet. It's September 21st, isn't it? Yeah. September twenty first, twenty second. It's not uh that's true. a couple days so, away. Yeah, a couple days away. Yeah. Couple days away. Couple days so, away. Uh, yep. Um so no iPhone announced. We we kind of knew that. We kinda of knew that going into this. We're not gonna see the iPhone because Apple alluded to it on their financial earnings call saying that it's gonna be delayed because of coronavirus. They had some production delays. We're expecting that in October. But that left the stage for a couple things, one of which is the Apple Watch Series six. Which, you know, design-wise, Mitchell, you know, it it looks the same form factor in terms of the look and feel of the actual, you know, physicality of the watch. However, some new colors. You've got the product red color, which is really sexy. Actually, really cool. More sexy, in my opinion, is the navy blue. And I love of, that. I love the look at that, yeah. And a lot of cool accessories that go along with it. New straps, uh, new single loops that don't actually have a buckle to close it. So you just slide it on, which is... Both good and bad, in my opinion. I wanted to go yeah. order one for my wife, and I'm like, "What size do I get? Like, do I order oh, seven?" Have, of oh, these? have you seen? Well, let me just jump in. Have you seen what they how they fix that? Well, with the actual there's a size how, how to you, measure. It. No, I, I yeah, I've you saw can that. print it up. Yeah, they give you the print up, so you wrap the paper around your wrist, and you could size that way. And yeah. I've done that before. I've done that for jewelry for my wife. I'm yeah. like, "Hey, let me wrap this around your wrist for a second to see what size you need." But it doesn't really match necessarily those sizes. But here's the funny thing: is I was watching one of the first unboxing videos. I Justine, very good uh, YouTuber, uh, and she gets a lot of Apple stuff ahead of time right before that comes out. She was trying on. Uh, various sizes and she was saying oh you know even if it doesn't fit it doesn't matter because I pre-ordered mine and I knew what size I needed and then she puts on like a size two and she ordered a five and she's like wait a second this fits perfectly so you know that you're gonna want to maybe uh maybe get a couple of them and give back the ones that don't fit but definitely some cool accessories there but Mitchell you want to dive into some of the features of this new Apple Watch Series 6 and then we'll we'll talk about the SE. Absolutely, because people always look at the hardware first because, let's face it, uh, the hardware changes are kind of what makes the new generation of the watch, being that software can update your existing Apple Watch. So, what is different the, uh, from the Apple Watch Series 5? Well, first of all, the big news here, Apple, as you know, Mark, has been really touting the medical side yeah. uh, of Apple Watch and how it's used as a great device to monitor your health. Health monitoring has become its primary sort of uh, raison d'etre, right? That's, I did, did I speak did I say you correctly? did that very well. I'm very That's, I'm, Oh, my beautiful French. Um, so let's talk about what they improved on the hardware set. And by the way, we're not just talking about the Apple Watch 6 because we are also talking about two Apple Watches that were announced at this keynote. We'll get to the second one in a moment. Yes. Uh, I think the big one that people are talking about right now is the oxygen sensor. Okay. In terms of hardware, uh, the oxygen sensor on the back of the watch, which now not only is able to measure your heart rate, but also can check your blood oxygen level. And much as the heart rate monitor is able to do, give you notifications and warnings, uh, when there, when your blood oxygen dips below, I think, believe below 95 is where the concern starts. Uh, so that's one thing. Of course, we have a new processor in the Apple Watch. Brand new processor, of course. It doesn't, they didn't talk about maximizing battery life that much, but of course, imp- improvements, you know, are made on that side as well. Isn't there a chip called the, is it the one U1? U1 the U1 Isn't chip. It? It's an ultra wideband chip that's supposed to help on the connectivity side of things. Not Correct. only with GPS, but cellular as well, which is really cool because, 
you know, the last generation on the cellular side of things was it's it's a fairly it was they're trying to make this watch a little bit more independent, not requiring right. a phone necessarily, um, which we're going to get into in a second on the family side of things. So this Correct. this wideband chip helps on the connectivity side of things. Right. So we have the new sensor. We have the new processor. We have the U1. Uh, you know what, Mark? I, I, on the hardware side, did I miss something? Is there anything really else that is different about this watch that separates it from the f- no, Generation it's a little, 5? a little bit brighter of a screen. Uh, so you get a Correct. little bit more brightness outdoors and especially more brightness on the always-on retina In display. the always-on mode, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I think based on the processor, the speediness of which, so so here's the thing, if you if you did not get the Apple Watch Series 5, which has the always-on display, um, right. the experience when the always-on display was, it really just dimmed the screen, and it, it lowers the refresh rate, so it doesn't update as often. So when you raise your hand and you want to kind of get it out of that always-on mode into active mode to start using it, there was a little right. bit of a delay. Um, kind of annoying, to be perfectly honest, so it was great to glance down at your wrist. That's nice, but you had to kind of tap it to wake it up before you can dive into it. And what we're seeing on the initial reviews here and the initial you know performance of the new chip is that that is greatly reduced. You don't really notice it as much as you did before. Hardware-wise, Mitchell, other than that, you know, uh, some... That is, that is pretty much it. So, I mean, a yeah. lot of people are asking, you know, well, if I already have a Series 5 or possibly if you even have a Series 4, which is where this new form factor came in, the larger screen that would change from 38 millimeter and 42 millimeter to the two sizes to 40 and 40, you know, 38 and 42 to 40 and 44. So the form factor is the same. You have that, you know, that oxygen, you know, blood oxygen sensor. Uh, you have the upgraded processors, which, you know, upgraded processor, additional processor, which Yes, will make performance better. But if you're looking for a real reason to jump from the Series Four, Season uh, Series Five to a number six, Mark, I don't know if this particular iteration is enough to make the average person that may already have a four and certainly a five to make that change to the six. What are your feelings? You have the five. Is it worth it? I know. I know we're going to get it anyway because that's what we do. But if you were not doing what we do right now, would you still make that jump? Is it enough of a reason to make you move from a five? Or the, it would only you know be enough if you had a three. The blood oxygen sensor is something that is extremely attractive to me because I suffer from sleep apnea. So okay. to be able to monitor my sleep patterns and be able to be a little bit more in tune with what's going on when I do close my eyes is something that is interesting to me. And also my wife, who you know she's extremely active. She you know she's on the on the spin bike every day. Um, she's into it too because it helps the metrics on the health side of things. ECG right. is is one great feature of the Apple Watch in general, but adding the blood oxygen you know level indicator to it allows um, a greater depth of detail in terms of your health information which is one of the other things they talked about as different health studies one of which is obviously sleep they're looking into but they're also looking at early detection of even COVID-19 because there's oh, wow. the respiratory issues that go along with that as well so uh, I, I think uh, on that side of things it's really cool I the other reason and the compelling reason for me to switch is that I, I do a lot of hand-me-down like it's a it's a, it's a domino effect and right. um, whereas my son doesn't wear his, you know, Apple Watch series, whatever, four, I guess, that I gave it to him right. um, before because you're not allowed in school. Now, with some of the family features that we're about to talk about, it's definitely something that I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to giving to him because it not only becomes a great you know, tool for him to kind of use. But part of this whole family integration is that you don't need a separate phone to pair it. You can pair it to an adult's phone, you know, a guardian's phone and set it up as a family device, which allows you to do a bunch of things. For example, set your school time. So school starts at seven in the morning and at 2 p.m. You could set that and they can't change it. So when they look at the watch, all it is is the time. And not only that, but it also gives a good glance for teachers to look at it to realize that they can't actually do anything with it. Afterwards, you can control who they can contact, you control what they do with the watch, all yep. those typical screen time type restrictions, but you can also get it as an add-on to your mobile plan, your cellular plan, if it's a cellular model, and actually start taking advantage of location features. You can even set notifications. For example, notify me when my son gets to this location. Notify me when he leaves this location. So it becomes a uh, way more in-depth tracking device for your kids that's a little sexier for the kids to want to wear than some of the things that are out there that don't really do anything. Anything. Absolutely. And you're talking about, let's say, like you said, a family wants to buy a couple of watches or a few watches, a couple for their kids, one for an older adult that may not, you know, want want to deal with 
setting up their phone with their Apple Watch. And the fact that you can now do this without a phone brings the cost down for what the initial investment would be yeah. for multiple watches and multiple phones to power those watches or to you know the source the information of those watches. But now not needing that connection, having one person be able to connect multiple devices to their phone, it's kind of the first step, Mark, and also not just in the integrated family and setting things up in the facility of that, but the first step in making this a truly autonomous device because Apple yeah. Watch has always required a phone to, to set up and to, you know, to go back and forth with information. It really, the first thing was making the phone, making the phone part of the watch. Now, separating completely from Apple, you know, from, you know, your phone from your, uh, your Apple Watch yeah. makes this a more autonomous device and yeah, puts cool. Apple on a separate path where they can sell this device without having to require you to have that phone at all. That's a, that's a nice first step. So I do the hand-me-down thing, but for those who don't do the hand-me-down thing and don't necessarily have it, they also released a second Apple Watch, which is the Apple Watch S. E. Now, this starts at 279 US. I'm going to quote all in US dollars, whereas right. the Apple Watch Series 6 is 399 So you're looking at about a $125 difference. Uh, same form factor in terms of design. Um, no always-on display on the SE. Uh, you get GPS and cellular. You do not get the ECG. You do not get the blood oxygen app. They've removed that sensor, obviously, to remove, right. reduce costs. They've lowered the price, yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, it supports family setup. It's water-resistant. Like, all the great features of the original Apple Watch or the Series 6 or the Series 5 are there. But this is designed for that family setup. And the reason I say it's designed for that is because I tried to update the Series 4 and use it with uh, the uh, with the family app, and it wouldn't let me. So it has to be Apple Watch Series 5 or higher. Okay. With no, iOS, that makes sense. with uh, Watch OS 7. So, right. For the average person, Mark, for the average person that doesn't need the newest and brightest and shiniest, so we talked about, is it a compelling upgrade for people that already have a 5, okay? If you don't have an Apple Watch, and you were going to jump into this ecosystem right now, and you didn't require blood oxygen level, like you said, the ECG or EKG, as they always call it too. Um, if you didn't need those two features, this is a really compelling way to get in a much lower price. We think oh, it's only $120 less, but it's really like 33% less than, you know, it's a substantial yeah. savings, you know, considering the, the base price of a, of, a new, of a new watch. So this is a compelling argument. If you had to get in to the ecosystem of getting an Apple Watch, you wanted to save a few bucks, this might be the way for most people. I don't think the 6 necessarily has to be the way for everyone to dive in. This SE is going to be, be a great choice. Point, yeah. And much like the SE, and I think that the SE branding is going to be, you know, just like they did with the phone, it's going to be their new branding for a budget entry level, but still has a lot of great features that you need sort of device. I think this is going to be the, the watch that sells the most, just like the uh, iPhone SE is the one that sold the most this year. A couple more things they announced um, on the software kind of services side of things. Apple Fitness Plus, which is interesting. It's going to be a subscription-based fitness service. Not, you know, yes, compare it to like the Pelotons of the world. It's going to have spinning. It's going to have running, all types of different exercises, taking advantage of the Apple Watch's metrics, which is pretty cool. And one of the funny things is, is moments after this was announced, Peloton stock dropped dramatically. Oh, yet, God. Yet, as humble as they are, Peloton came out and said this is a great, a great addition to the world because it just validates our model. You know, it validates what we're trying to do. Exactly. Here. That's a nice way of looking at it. Which yeah. is, yeah, which is a very pleasant way of looking at it. I found that's kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, that's coming. The glass is half full. Yeah. Yeah. That's coming late October. Uh, they also announced um, Apple One, which is a that way is for a you one. to bundle your services. Now you can bundle, you know, Apple Music, Apple TV, Arcade, News, Fitness, and your iCloud storage into one simple monthly subscription the premier plan is up i think about 33 dollars um if you do 29 use, us if yeah you, yeah if you do use all the services definitely savings there which is pretty and, cool and let me give you let me give you an idea of what great value that is because right now if i just start with my apple music i have the family plan for apple music which is 15 dollars a month i have 10 dollars a month that goes toward my one uh my two terabytes i believe uh, or is it two gigabytes i think it's two terabytes probably of uh, of storage okay for all my for my family to share those two things alone cost $25 a month so if you tell me for another 4.99 I'm also getting the fitness service which is a $10 thing I'm also getting Apple TV I'm also getting arcade you're setting you're saving because there are three different versions there's the yeah. individual family and the premier on the premier side if you if you're in that ecosystem where you're using all those different Apple apps you're saving about $25 a month yeah so cool. it really is a good value and that's one of the things mark that's you know a thing that I was pretty excited about from this uh, announcement, yeah. 
Um, iPad Air, brand new iPad Air, uh, which will be available in October. Very similar in terms of design to the iPad Pro. That yep. nice, thin, kind of almost edge-to-edge screen. It maintains a 10.9-inch screen that the previous generation iPad Air had. Um, they're calling it a liquid retina display, so you get a new liquid retina display. The new A14 Bionic chip, which is it's, it's interesting because they're giving the Air <laughs> a better chip than the Pro. At least a newer chip. We haven't had the benchmarks yet. We don't tap, you know, because even the 12, even though the 12Z that's in the previous gen is a lower number, it does have that little Z moniker. So we don't know. We'll get the benchmarks as soon as they come out. But isn't it odd, Mark, that they put a newer chip into a machine and they haven't really updated the previous, well, from March, they haven't updated the yeah. iPad Pro. But how is that going to compare? I suspect they'll update that soon, probably quietly overnight. So. Maybe yep. after the iPhone, like once the iPhone comes out with the A14 Bionic, they'll, they'll give... Um, They'll give the iPad Pro a little little bit of a push. A little Support for boost, the yeah. Apple Pencil, Magic Keyboard. Um, Logitech has already announced a new Folio keyboard for it. The only interesting thing here is there's now an embedded fingerprint reader in the uh, sleep-wake button, which is pretty Which cool. I love. Yeah, that is pretty neat. You know, for those who don't want to use Face ID. Now, I- I'm, I'm trying to understand, does it support Face ID and the fingerprint reader? That's something I'm not 100% sure of, but by the time you finish your next sentence... I, I don't. You know what? I don't question. think it does. They did not mention it at all because I think they would have said now it gives you two great ways. I think this one does not have that system in place and just uses the fingerprint sensor because I don't think that the original iPad Air or at least the last gen iPad Air did that offer face ID. It did not. It had the fingerprint sensor. No. So it never did offer face ID. I don't think this one does either. But you know what? It has enough new features. It really does make you wonder. Again, you talk about cannibalizing Hmm. sales, like how the SE might cannibalize sales for new phones or new watches. Is this new iPad Air going to cannibalize their iPad Pro sales? Considering this iPad Pro that was announced this past March did not really do much. An iPad is my favorite device. I was I couldn't wait to upgrade, even though I already love my iPad Pro. That is one that I'll, I'll upgrade every year because I love it so much. This year, I did not because the new iPad Pro, even with the LiDAR you know, center system, did not give me enough compelling reasons. And now that the iPad Air is getting closer, yee, I don't know, maybe cannibalizing some sales there. Did I kill enough time? Were you able to figure I, out? If it it does? doesn't, doesn't say anything about Face ID. I don't so think I'm it has Face ID yeah, on that device. So um, you know, you look at them side by side. They support Apple Pencil too. You've got better cameras on the Pro. Um, you've got more storage options on the Pro, up to one terabyte, only up to two fifty six on the Air. Um, right. Physical size is virtually the same. The depth is a little thicker on the Air, um, and it's a little bit lighter on the Air, which is kind of interesting. It's not funny. Thicker and lighter don't usually yeah. go together, but yeah, I, I saw that too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes you wonder what the future of Face ID really is. Um, but we will find out, I guess, soon enough because I'm sure that a lot of features that we're seeing here may make them make their way onto the uh, onto the new iPhone, which is kind of interesting. Right. right. Um, I, I would. You know, I'd be happy to see Face ID go away. But there, there again, there are people that don't have the ability to use uh, Touch ID, which I understand. And Face ID is something that everyone can use. I get that. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe the future has both, where you could turn Face ID off and just go by the fingerprint sensor, which I still miss, just because Apple had it so dialed in, it was so fast. Maybe we'll have one under screen in the Pro, and that'll be that thing. You know, we'll have an under screen sensor, just like I'm hoping eventually the new iPhones will get, which they haven't really talked about. Finally, but, yeah. a new just kind of just iPad, which is kind of new old. What's old is new again. Um, yeah. Supports the original Apple Pencil, oldest old kind of form factor with the <laughs> old. Build. You keep on saying well, old. It's true. Idea with the t- home it's button. old. If it has a home yeah. button, it's an old form factor. It's old. Um, and, and and honestly, not much to say there. Ten point two inch screen, a twelve Bionic chip. Uh, I think this is really for education. This is a way to just kind of get the entry level uh, price really low because you can get a thirty two gig model at three twenty nine. So if you need to yeah. get an iPad, this is this is the way to do it. Heck yeah. Oh, that's a lot. Uh, but, you know, yeah, there's more. There's more. There's more. You're checking for it to come. And when we I come back from the break, we're going to talk all about Sony. Uh, lots of fun stuff. Lots of fun stuff from Sony. And, uh, and we'll, we'll add on to some uh, Microsoft conversation for last week. It is your tech report. Back in a moment. There's more your tech report after this. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back, guys. Thanks so much for being here at Your Tech Report everywhere. Still to come on this week's show, we're going to go hands-on with the Surface Duo. Very cool device for Microsoft. We're going to do a little simulcast type thing. Hopefully the the video stuff will work out. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. 
Uh, that's still to come, but we wanted to talk all about Sony. Um, before you get into the PlayStation, because I know we got some news there and you got an opinion there, um, some interesting things on the camera side of things for Sony. Last week, oh, they, yeah. they quietly announced the A7C, which is a, a very interesting camera. It's a full-frame Full frame camera in the compact form factor that's very similar to their their A sixty five hundreds, which we use a lot on our video stuff, and the A sixty six hundred. Very cool camera and a very cool entry point price, about seventeen hundred for bottle and body only. I'm very anxious and very excited to, or anxiously excited, to get my hands on this camera and see what it can do. Oh, I, I am too, and this is something that's near and dear to our hearts because we both use Sony cameras for our YouTube stuff, and we're always looking for ways to improve our game there, so that's always exciting. They make Sony great really too. does. I mean, when it comes yeah. to, you know, optics, you know, really on the camera side of things, I, I know they're not a de facto standard, but I mean, you look at every production house in the world, and they're using Sony reference monitors, Sony cameras, I mean, just, you know, just for color clarity, uh, such an incredible, incredible devices. But let's let's talk yeah. about gaming. Ah, you want to talk a little gaming. So, you know, we talked about on our last show, of course, that Microsoft finally broke the silence that we talked about, you know, the cat and mouse game between Sony and Microsoft and no one's announcing pricing, release dates. Well, Sony, of course, uh, last week it did their announcement with the Xbox Series S and Series X launching at two ninety nine and four ninety nine respectively on November tenth uh, in the US, Canada and Japan and not all markets, but a lot of the markets. And finally, Sony this week did the same. They announced their two console prices. The PS five is going to retail for four ninety nine, which I don't think was a secret. And the PS five all digital is uh three ninety nine. So you have four ninety nine, three ninety nine, basically a five hundred dollar console and a four hundred dollar console launching on November twelfth, uh in I think multiple markets, uh U.S., Canada, Japan, uh, I believe Australia, New Zealand, and Mexico, off the top of my head, and then uh, other markets on November 19th, a week later, and I think China has still yet to be announced for a PlayStation 5 release, but they said stay tuned for word on that as well, the world's largest market. Uh, and I had a couple of takeaways. Okay, first of all, also they announced their accessory prices, which I'm happy to say are fairly typical in terms of Sony accessories. The headphones, uh, I believe $99 for the new wireless headphones. I believe uh, $69 for a new uh, controller, if you want an extra controller, and $30 for a charging dock for two controllers, etc. Uh, and then, of course, there's a camera and there's there's more stuff, of course. And I had a couple of thoughts, Mark. Um we all know that the uh, that the Microsoft consoles are the X and the S, correct? Correct. If you want a Series X that has the one terabyte storage and the most powerful system in the universe, whatever, four ninety nine. Of course, they gave people the option for a two ninety nine version, which is a digital console, no no disk drive, of course, but also a a slightly less powerful or fairly less powerful GPU. Okay, so that means you're not going to be able to do all the things. It's not a four K machine. Okay, it does not offer it. It does not offer backward compatibility to this what will be the last gen the series the, the Xbox One X and games that are enhanced for Xbox One X you won't be able to play those okay. on an actual Xbox Series uh Series S you won't be able to use that up those upgraded games those enhanced games also you're getting 512 gigabytes instead of a full terabyte now on the surface this seems like it's a great option because if you have you know you want to spend less money but you want to still a pretty strong experience you are going to get this the Xbox Series S the problem is mark if you if 512 gigabytes of storage is not enough for you and you want to upgrade your Series S console to accommodate more storage closer to the Series X one terabyte, well, they have a proprietary port on the back. And of course, we all know that uh, it's Seagate that's doing these proprietary one yes. terabyte chips that you plug in yeah. for NVMe storage. Uh, to buy one of those, to plug into the back, the, the only one that I know of right now is the one terabyte Seagate version that plugs into the back. That is a That is rumored to be a $200 purchase. So, if you're not happy with a 512 machine and you want to upgrade to storage to make it closer or actually more than what the Series X has, you're now at the price of a full Xbox Series X. That 299 plus the 200 for the expandable storage, you're now at 499. At which point, if you're going to spend the 499, you could get the console that has the one terabyte already, the disk drive, which you do not have on the S, and the more powerful GPU, which you do not have on the S, and the ability to play games that were enhanced for the Xbox, <laughs> for the Xbox One X. So it seems like it's not the greatest deal in the world if you are looking for all the features that you would, you know, be able to upgrade to in an Xbox Series X. However, if you don't care about the storage, if you don't care about the disk, 
risk. If you don't care about the upgraded performance, then yes, that two ninety nine purchase is not is is for you. But if you feel in the future you might want those features, or you may miss them. I don't know that the Series S is the console of choice. What Sony did was for one hundred dollars less, they're giving you the entire PlayStation Five experience with that hard drive, with the GPU, everything you want. It's basically an exact. PlayStation 5 without the disc for $100 less. I think for a lot of people, Mark, that's going to be a, that's going to be the thing they really want. Here's a question for you, though. Is there no yeah. traditional USB port that you can just use as any regular SSD on it? Ah, that's an excellent question for the man with the radio show. Yes, it's a great question because, <laughs> yes, you still have the ability to, to plug in a USB drive for, that has your games and play those games. You just cannot play the new generation games. The games that are made to play oh, okay. on the Xbox One because X. Because they need the speed. Yeah, it makes the sense. current generation needs that needs that solid state slash NVMe storage. So yes, you can use your play your old games uh, off of that USB drive, but you cannot play the next gen games. So that's the little caveat there. So what what everyone is hoping is that Xbox actually decides to put out a third option for a console, oh, which God. would be the Xbox Series X All Digital, which is kind of like what PlayStation is doing with their PlayStation Five All Digital, which would be the same as the current Xbox Series X to be, you know, to be released uh, with all the features, one terabyte of storage. Uh, you get the disk drive. You get the the the, the super powerful GPU with a twelve teraflop twelve teraflop plus performance for a hundred dollars less. So for three ninety nine, you'd be getting a true Series X all digital. Instead of for $200 less, you know, being gimped by having all those things that you don't get. Listen, if you don't care about that storage or maybe, uh, you know, being able to play the Series X enhanced game, the Xbox One X enhanced games, and you don't care about a disk drive, you don't care about upgrading the storage, then uh, the Series S is a viable option. But when you look at what Sony's doing for $100 less, getting the full PlayStation 5 experience... For just $100 less to go all digital, that to me is a more compelling thing. As a gamer, I would want that for Xbox as well. I'd want that option of a Series X just without the disc, save 100 bucks, and not have to worry about getting the storage right away. You know what I mean? And they get all the features. Can we talk about uh, availability? Because November availability for the Xbox, I believe PlayStation's similar, but pre-orders for the Xbox start next week, correct? The 24th? Correct. 22nd or uh, 24th? No, the 22nd. They start 22nd. on the 22nd. Uh, the PlayStation 5, you can pre-order now. Uh, you will out the 16th, so they made the announcement on the on, on the 15th and available pre-order the next day, which is kind of interesting. Um, right. You know, are we going to see a Project Scorpio-style edition of the uh, Xbox Series X, you think? Or you think it's just going to be free-for-all, just get what you I, get? I do not think that... I don't think they will. I mean, of course, anything is possible, because a lot of people love that. Like you said, Zach loved seeing... Your son loved seeing the branding on that controller. Yeah. I think a lot of people did like to be... Or, you know, the early adopters like to be rewarded for being an early adopter. And, excuse me, what better way than showing off that you were an early adopter, that you were the first in on that first batch, than by having it branded right on your controller and right on your system. So, they could do it. They haven't announced it yet. I think if when they do their next game announcement, which I believe is coming in early October, uh, that would be the time to announce that because people will already have pre-ordered. And uh, if they want people, well, yeah. You know what, Mark? I take that back because unless they announce something really soon, people are already ordering on the 22nd. They're yeah, going to be exactly. locked into what they get. So, yeah, unless they order it, unless they announce it soon. No, they won't have it. Meanwhile, in the gaming world, uh, Facebook announced the Oculus Quest 2, yes. which, which has incredible, incredible upgrades, especially on the visual side of things, right. um, processor side of things as well, as form factor as well. There's some pretty cool options. You know, if you don't want the 256 gig version, you're paying 299 US dollars or 429 Canadian. By the way, that means that it's cheaper to buy it in the States. Um, but available for pre-order now. Um, I don't know what stock's going to be like when you're listening to this show, but I know I jumped on it right away because the Oculus Quest has been a far more... I don't know, but what's the word? It's not versatile, but I think it's just for everybody oh, no. in the family. Versatile, versatile is the word because it gives you the ability to be wire-free and just have everything built into the head unit. But if you want to connect your computer and play the games that are the virtual games that are on your PC, the Quest lets you do that too. So it versatility does. and price. Yeah, and I haven't done that yet. I got to do that. But in order for me to do that, I think I really got to build this this PC that I've been trying to build. Right. Um, and thankfully, Nvidia's announced the RTX 3000 series. So we're oh. gonna. Have have to make a phone call. We're going to have to have a conversation when this show is done. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, Mitchell, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about another kind of future device, and that is the brand new Microsoft Surface Duo. 
This device really caught everybody by surprise about a year ago when it was announced. We didn't expect it to be out this soon. It is out. It is available in the U.S. It is not cheap. Uh, but I got my hands on it. You know how? I bought it just like everybody else. No, they did not send this to us. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk all about that Surface Duo for Microsoft. Thank you guys for being here. It is at your tech report everywhere you want to find us, especially if you're looking for Marco Flalo and Mitchell Whitfield. Stick around. We talk about that Surface Duo in just a sec here on your tech report. There's more your tech report after this. Welcome back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Thank you guys so much for being here for the ride. So we did something interesting, Mitchell, is we uh, we decided that we we're going to try to do a little simulcast type thing where we recorded a YouTube video on video, obviously, but also recorded the audio for you guys here for the benefit of you here. Talking all about the brand new Microsoft Surface Duo, which is the dual screen device that Microsoft released only in a limited kind of run in the U.S. last week, but I managed to get my hands on it. So uh, uh, take a listen to what we did over here. The Surface Duo is a device that was announced about a year ago. It's been in the works at Microsoft since 2014. Um, It is technically, you know, if you watch some other YouTubers who've pulled out some of the stats like MKBHD, Marquez Brownlee, iJustine, a lot of people have had their hands on this device, but they haven't been able to talk about the software because of, you know, embargoes and such. And I think also because they didn't want to dilute the message here because at the end of the day, um, this device, when it was announced, had great specs when it was announced, but now we're a year later and it still has those great specs. But at the end of the day, I think this is a, a way for Microsoft to show the world Look what we can do. Look what the future of mobile computing could be. And here it is in the duo. I don't you know think what this you is actually... one of these devices that are, you know, let's go sell a million of these. It's, right. It's, I, I go back to the statement, Mitchell, where I, I believe it was, it was either Satya Nadella or, or, or Panos Pene who basically said, we do this, we build these devices because we can. We can take right. a risk. We can spend millions of dollars in R&D. And if it doesn't work out, we can take this, put it on the shelf. And we're still making money, and we're still a viable company. Whereas well, other they, companies, yeah, a lot of their they partners, won't do it. Right. Yeah, they can't do it, or they won't do it. So by doing something like this, they're setting the stage and saying, hey, guys, now do it better. You beat me, too, because what I was going to say to you was, um, do you agree with the statement? Now I already know that you do, but... To me, before we go into the nitty-gritty, and you talked about other YouTubers that have talked about this already, there's some great coverage, as you said, MKBHD, I mean, great stuff. But for for me, the statement really holds true. The fact that this product exists is more important than how it performs. Uh, that doesn't Absolutely. mean to say we're going to give it a pal. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, people, want it, people don't want necessarily a $1,300 trophy in there to just look at on a case, although some people do. And if you have the money to do, do that, God bless you. Exactly. But at the fact that this product exists exists means great things moving forward because the technology, the bits, the hinge, all the things that this product does and represents can be representative of what is possible in future products. So just the fact that it's here is a victory. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got emotional. Yeah, no, no. Now, one, one thing to note when you're looking at this device, I've got the bumper on. It comes with this little bumper that helps protect the screen because it's Oh, yeah, it's it just like goes around the, the edge of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's glass on the front. It's glass on the back. Um, it's got a fingerprint reader on the side. Which right. is responsive. You got your on off. The device is glass button. on the front, not the not the bumper. The bumper is just to cover. Correct. Right? Sorry, the, yeah, the, the device edge. and the, the bumper protects yeah. it. Uh, you got your volume rocker over here, which is really good. Okay. Your SIM card tray as well on the front of the device. You know, very simplistic. Like I mean, when you close it, okay. So I say the front. It's open. If you open it like a book, um, you have the Windows logo, and that's it on the back of it. Just just plain glass. Nothing. Okay. No etching. No anything. The hinge is a beautiful stainless steel hinge. Um, a nice kind of stainless steel rim on the side. You know, in terms of size, a lot of people have been comparing this to like a passport, like a Canadian okay. or U.S. passport. It's slightly right. larger than the passport, like in terms of height. Uh, width is, is about the same. Then in terms of the actual, you know, thinness of the device. That's what I was going to ask you, because that's what everyone talks about. And it's something that doesn't translate necessarily in photos that well. But well, that's I want, you, I want you to see. Yeah, I want you to see it's closed right now. Oh, wow. and it's, it's up against an iPhone 11 Pro Max. Which is and very thin. I, yeah. I would say that the um, the Surface Duo is actually thinner. I would say it's slightly thinner, a couple of millimeters. When it's closed? Thinner. When it's closed. Oh yeah, I'm talking about closed right now. Look at this is this is side by side, Mitchell. This oh, is wow. closed. I can see that. Now, now. I have yeah, the yeah. case on the iPhone on the iPhone Pro Max. But I would I would beg to say that it's probably a little bit thinner. When it's open, there's no doubt, no question whatsoever, because take a look at that. Plus the bumper makes device. it look a little thicker on the edge as well. That bumper yeah, because exactly. it's protecting I mean, when it. You, yeah. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. When you put the iPhone, 
It's basically, I mean, uh, add whatever millimeters of finish you need to put around a USB Type-C connector, and, and, you, right. and you've got it set up right here, which is pretty wow. cool. The hinge allows for full 360 degree. It's actually 270 degree, I think. Is that 360? I guess it's 360. No, it's 360, um, yeah. 360 rotation, and it goes flat and flush, and it maintains its, its thinness when wow. it does that. Um, the right side, the right screen, is the one that has the camera, the flash and and the um, speaker on the bottom and the hand so nothing the on the top. back no camera on the back if you're actually using this to take photos you actually have to have it in the open position there's nothing on the back you have to have right? it in the open position and you kind of got to okay. turn it you know uh, at someone and when you okay there's a you know uh, accelerometer in both sides so when you flip the sides when you flip the screen and you go like that it says double tap to switch screens and it brings that main screen to the oh, one wow. that you're actually on That's and awesome. the one behind okay. it ends up being a fingerprint catcher but it's at least it's there Okay. Um, when you look at this in the quote-unquote tablet mode, which I'm going to do right here, the cool thing is is that everything's made to span across the two screens. So when you drag the home screen over, it just kind of flows between the screens. Um, and the same and thing Mark, with the we, actual... We, sh we should jump in and let people know that for some people that don't realize that they're thinking, oh, it's, is this supposed to be a single screen? No, that's what Microsoft did different differently than everyone else. Everyone, you know, companies like Samsung and other companies are doing a bendable screen. They thought it would be much easier and actually, you know, much more resistant to damage in the future if you had two screens that had a hinge in the middle that actually acts, acted seamlessly like Mark just showed exactly. you as one screen. So that's, that's what exactly. makes the Duo different. It's actually Duo is two different screens, yeah. Now, this is running Android 10. It's going to be updated to 11. There's a whole software roadmap for the next three years. Okay. One of the interesting things I found when I first booted this up was they have a bunch of apps on, on the second screen, learn, plan, discover, share. And okay. there's this weird kind of icon that looks like there's almost two apps there, and it, it is. So when you launch plan, for example, what it does is it, it launches Outlook on your left. Oh, wow. And your to-do to app on the right. That's great. And it lets you do things like go through your email and add things to your to-do list very seamlessly. If you want to move things from one screen to another, very simple gesture. Very logical, simple gestures. Just hold up and slide it to the right. Wow. Hold up, slide it to the left. If you want to close it, you just kind of hold it and just throw it away. Um, some okay. other interesting modes I found, like in the Edge browser, for example, you can be browsing something on the left it's pretty and snappy, still Mark. using I'm apps on the right. Yeah. It's not slow. It's not slow, Mitchell. But then no, when you it put it in this kind of almost keyboard mode, this kind of, you know, side-by-side -side mode, I'm going to make it rotate. <laughs> um, this is where you have to slide out from the right, but you can hold it down the middle. Whoops, you see? Oh, wow. Gestures. You hold it down the middle. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying here, you see? No, no, no. no. I'm laughing go. because how cool it is, not because I see what you're doing. What I was going to ask you is... Is it possible? Because I know, remember the demo last year, Mark? They did a demo, like a little teaser thing of how you could use it. And there was like A mode, there's, you know, inverted mode. And the hinge is supposed to basically stay wherever you put it, which is pretty cool. If well, you have it in if laptop. You look at, if you look at yeah. laptop mode, that's, that's impressive, yeah. There. So in so laptop mode, be, is it possible to have the screen on top and have a keyboard on the bottom screen? Or have you not tried is, that yet? Um, okay. It is. I have to figure out how to do that. I'm going to That's put okay, the as long as it there. exists. Yeah. And uh, let's see, let's see, let's try to put the keyboard here. We're experimenting here. Oh, there you right go. now. It does it automatically. That's, oh my God, it's like a little laptop. That's so cool. It's so cute. See, my it does a lot of different stuff, is... which is what they were advertising, which is great. Yeah. Which is, I mean, this is definitely, you know, it's geared towards a business user, which you can tell. Right. Just in the, in the sheer form factor and everything that it does, and the way they kind of package their apps together, which is neat. Um, the fact that there's two, there's two batteries in here, there's a larger battery on the left side, a smaller battery on the right. Oh, I didn't realize um, But they that. work in conjunction with each other. The motherboard is split across both devices. Obviously, wow. the screens are there across both devices. I noticed something interesting, which was someone else, another YouTuber mentioned this too. I think it was Marquez. There is a small color difference in the left screen and the right screen. Little oh, bit like of a pink the, hue. Like it's a little blue, a little, little different hue to it. Yeah, a little bit of hue. I don't know if you can see it because I'm using a GoPro here, so I'm not sure how well that image is going to kind of capture it. But it's a little bit pinkish on the left side versus the right side. But, I mean... Again, these are all the things that can and will be tweaked over time with, with software um, and various things. I mean, it's full It's full on Android, so if you pull your notification center down, you can, you know, get to your settings and everything else you would normally so find. So there's no skin? There's no Microsoft skin, just Microsoft apps? No, well, no, it is. Sorry, apps. This, this is the Microsoft skin. And okay. it's not very customizable at this point. Even the icons okay. can't be changed, which is something that's interesting. But... Um, yeah, there's no skin there, and, you know, there's no, like, always-on display because it's closed. But there is a cool little 
peekaboo type thing where you open it up to the like a little bit. <laughs> and right. I, I, I think I might have turned it off accidentally because I uh, I was playing with the sleep wake functions for videos like this. And it's I think called I might tease have mode. That off. Is it tease mode? <laughs> I know, Basically that's what like I just that, named and it. it would show you just the time and stuff on the side. Oh, that's cool. Which is really neat. Um, and, you know, here's one thing that I, I'm not going to recommend people do because you got to be very careful with it. But okay, I actually think this this device is one of those devices that looks so much better without, without the, bumper. the bumper. I know. <laughs> I know. Because when you so, and, when yeah. you pop this bumper off and it it just it 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 just sticks on like there's just glue of some kind like adhesive. Oh but wow! But without that adhesive, so slim. Look how cute and it pretty. is. But I mean, if you drop this, I don't think you're going to have a a happy time trying no. to recover it afterwards. But no, definitely, definitely a gorgeous, a gorgeous piece of hardware. I mean, across the board, it's just absolutely <laughs> beautiful. You know, a use case that kind of intrigues me, Mark, and you're going to laugh at me and think it's kind of sad, as I'm sure our viewers and listeners will do with you. Um, as a gamer, and with xCloud being, you know, being out now and available to use, um, I didn't necessarily like the hmm. idea, although I, I, the, the idea of having, you know, a phone on top of your controller and that sort of configuration, you know, that works well. First of all, now, we're not sure, you know, as of recently, Apple is not supporting xCloud. And now they came out with a workaround that if the, each of the individual games that are available in xCloud submits to the App Store, which is not realistic, Microsoft is going to want to keep this as one you know, cohesive unit where you just log into Microsoft and you'll have access to all your games. They're not going to want to have people have to download 100 apps onto their phone to be able to use xCloud on iPhone. So still that, Mark, they haven't reached that point yet of, you know, a meeting of the minds. So as of right now, I can't necessarily use my iPhone. I'd have to use an Android device. But if I wanted to not have it attached to the controller, wouldn't it be cool to use something like the Duo, almost in like laptop mode on the desk with my controller separately, and play as if I'm playing with a laptop on a desk, but it's a little mini duo. That is kind of an intriguing way to think about using xCloud, is it not? Or am I just in like, um, little boy fantasy land here? Well, as you say that, I downloaded you know the game streaming preview. <laughs> Look at you go! And uh, I don't have a wireless controller here. I'd have to go pair that, but um, right. But it would work. Look it's at that. It's bringing me back to this sign-in loopy. Although I'm, I just signed in. Um, let's play. But what a great way. To travel yeah, with your a... Xbox, you're sitting on a plane or at a friend's house, you just put that little laptop up there, in, I'm sorry, little duo in laptop mode up there, and it looks like it would work kind of brilliantly. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like kind of kind of seamlessly. This is right. where I get excited, and I'll switch back to the other camera. This is right. where I get excited about the next generation of this, because potential. We've, seen, we've seen the first iteration, okay? It's not going to get thicker. The form factor is not going to change much. I can see the screen going edge to edge. I could see that happening absolutely, um, or as edge to edge as they could possibly can. Maybe a notch on the right side for the for the earpiece and the camera. I can right. see them improving the camera quality with a newer camera. That's obviously this one. The quality is not that great. Not okay. that we want a great camera, but at least a good enough camera for video conferencing that's better than competitive. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, I can definitely see a lot of software updates tweaking things to like gestures and interactions and stuff like that, which are definitely going to make it stand out. Um, but yeah, xCloud is one of these things that really kind of tickles my fancy when you talk about a device <laughs> like this. And it does make a compelling argument to get it. And here's another another way you can look at it, Mitchell. Take a look at it. Okay. Uh, you can do it in laptop mode. That's great. I keep on switching between looking imagine. at you and our audience and looking at that gorgeous thing. Okay, so you have it in A-frame mode or whatever that's called, right? Or, is yeah, that or like just inverted? kind of tilted on the table, kind of okay, almost gotcha. laptop mode without the bottom, so you can just kind of play here. Yeah. Or you can just, you know, you could A-frame it and just play like that as well. So there's it's... there's lots of ways that you can look at it. And I did get the Surface Pen with it, the Surface I um, know you did. Pen, which which works at well. I, I wouldn't say it's the best thing in the world um, okay. because, you know, it's far better on the Surface laptops, in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, when you start estate. writing on this, I mean, you could see the lag. Okay. You know, it's not the Apple Pencil. It's not that amount of work that they put into it, but it's 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 passable. You know, you could definitely take notes, you know, and, and read them afterwards, which is pretty cool. Um, so, you know, definitely some some very cool things in this device and definitely something worth paying attention to, at least going to visit a store if it's in your area in the States where you can get your hands on it. If not, I'll be holding uh, daily showings between noon. No, I'm not totally daily showings, but, and, but uh, it's like a wake. Um, it's <laughs> terrible. And by the yeah, way, regarding, regarding their pen, 
um, in all fairness, because people say, oh, the technology, their pen technology on the Surface and in the Surface Studio works really well. So I, I yeah. don't think this is I don't think this is an issue of it not being implemented well on the pen side. It's probably a responsive, you know, Again, it's responsiveness on the software and screen side, if anything, on the duo side that will catch up very quickly. Yeah. You know, I, I tell people who, you know, people, if you have not experienced Android 11 yet, Android 11 is super speedy. Right. Um, and it actually helps speed up the operating system across the board. So I look forward to seeing how the Android 11 Im- implementation will be on this device, which will be pretty pretty damn cool. Right. Um, but it's, you know, I mean, it's got a price tag, but you know what? Funny enough, the price I paid for this one, which was roughly, what, $1,800 US, um, that was a 256 gig model. If you look at an iPhone 11 Pro Max with and that was with the pen, by the way, gigs, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the iPhone 11 Pro Max with, you know, 512 gigs of storage, you're at that price. Right. You're at that price right. and you're just getting a phone. I, I Honestly, here's my interesting takeaway about this. I want to see where this is going to go. I think it's time that we start dropping the word phone from our phones. Because these are devices, these are smart yeah. tablets, these are smart computers that happen to have phone functionality on it. Yeah, that's true. I think this day and age, we actually get quite annoyed when people even call us anymore. It's like, well, why are you calling me? Just text me. Just, you know, so I, I, this is going to be an interesting transformational device that I look forward to seeing where, where this journey goes because it's only going to go to places that make it really cool. Well, this also comes out during a time where news has leaked that uh, leaked. I don't know if, if if actually Apple leaked it themselves, which is highly probable. Uh, but, you know, Apple has bought a bunch of flexible, bendable panels from Samsung. Samsung already yeah. makes a lot of the panels for the current and probably future generations of iPhone. So the fact that Apple is looking for a bendable screen personally to avoid the issue until they perfect that bendable screen. And it's far from perfect yet. I am happy with the way that Microsoft has implemented this two screen with a beautiful hinge. I don't mind yeah. transitioning things from one screen to another. People do it right now with a two, you know, what we talked about uh, on another show together, Mark, um, having a two-screen display, you can seamlessly transition from one screen to another. There's people already yeah. doing that at their desk. I think the win is being able to do it portably with a beautiful foldable device. So I don't mind not having one foldable screen. I love the way the Duo implements this. So there you go. If you want to check out the video, it will be posted over on YouTube shortly. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark Flalo. Thank you guys so much for being here. We will speak to you again next week on our next edition of Your Tech Report. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.